0: Hey, everybody, I'm live from Clio Cloud Conference 2018 in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Jared Correa, and I have with me... Jake Heller from KSEX. And... Joshua Lennon from Cleo. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. <laughs> and we're back. I have a lot of help on this show, which is exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on On The Road. It's a pleasure to be here in the Big Easy. Today we're talking about, well, we're talking a little bit about blockchain and a lot about AI. Um, But before we get started, we'd like to thank our longtime sponsor, Clio, whose conference is being featured in this series of episodes. If you like what you're hearing, why not check out their conference for real, along with 1,500 other legal professionals at next year's 2019 Clio Cloud Conference. For more information, visit cliocloudconference.com. That's C-L-I-O, cloudconference.com. And this is actually my first Clio Cloud Conference. I'm enjoying it. I haven't had a hurricane yet, but that'll come, I suppose, maybe tonight at the Mm -hmm. Clio After Dark Party. So let's get into it here. So the first thing I want to talk about briefly is blockchain. I don't know what the hell blockchain is, so I want Joshua to
1: explain it to us briefly. Thank you, Jared. There's no actual chain involved, right? Uh... No metallic It depends on passwords and how easy it is to get them. You just wrap the chain around your fist and beat. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. Okay. All right. I'm Joshua Lennon. I'm the lawyer-in-residence at Clio. Uh, For the past six years, I've helped Clio investigate new technologies and how they apply to the practice of law. And one of the ones that we're interested in exploring is blockchain. And while most people think of blockchain as these weird cryptocurrencies that get talked about on the evening news, what blockchain really is is a way of recording any type of transaction on a ledger. So it could be a financial transaction like you see on Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. or it could be the sharing of particular information like documents, or it could even be a storage mechanism for sharing small snippets of data. Uh, And how that works is, once you collect a portion of this data, it's then packaged together in a block and added to a chain of other stored information. And those are constantly being cycled amongst volunteer computers or uh, designated computers that just update this series of data over and over and over again and compare them against each other in a way that makes them immutable. So it's a way of taking data, packaging it, and storing it in a distributed fashion that makes it really difficult to tamper with. And you can do that for any type of data out there.
0: That was really good. Thank you. Almost seemed prepared. It was just great. Now, our other guest is Jake Heller from Casetext. So, Jake, I would like you to tell the folks a little bit about what you do, and then I want to talk to you about AI, but I will let you start with an introduction.
2: Awesome. I'm Jake Heller. I am the CEO and co-founder of Casetext. We are a legal research company that employs artificial intelligence to help lawyers find cases and other authorities that are better and faster than traditional means. Well, look and, at that. What a yeah. perfect
0: segue then. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I interrupted yeah. you. No,
2: no, no, I mean, I'm very happy to talk about artificial intelligence. My, my personal background is I grew up in Silicon Valley as a coder. For most of my life, you
0: grew up as a coder, like yeah. as a youth. You yeah, were yeah. Three year old coding youth. in front of a computer.
2: Uh, I started at nine. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah. Only Atari. Oh yeah, seriously. I started at nine. Oh Atari. Yeah. All right. yeah.
0: I was a proud owner of an Atari 2600. That's as awesome. A child.
2: That's awesome. My dad used to be a technical writer for Atari before starting a oh, startup man. in '92.
0: Oh, that's uh, cool.
2: So and and more recently, I'm I'm a lawyer, uh, and I've been prac I practiced about four or five years before leaving to start CaseNext.
0: Cool. All right. So let's talk about AI. So there's a lot of hype surrounding AI, artificial intelligence. So, can you tell me what's BS and what is not?
2: Yes, I mean, let's start with what is AI or artificial intelligence yeah, at definition all? Definition would right. be good. We're defining um,
0: terms. Yes, is this is a lawyer show. It's a very lawyer Definitions show. Definitions first, exactly, then context.
2: And mm-hmm. the reason I think there's a lot of hype around AI is in part because nobody understands what it is, and so people kind of. Put all their hopes and dreams for what it might be into this, you know, two-letter term AI. It's not robots. Not robots. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, All the artificial intelligence really means is the machine approximation of at least one part of human intelligence, and that can mean a lot of different things. It can mean, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, machine vision, which is a, you know computer way of trying to understand which which objects are what, right? So is that a stop sign? Is that a a stop light? Is that a cat or is it a dog? Mm. It could mean natural language processing, which is a machine understanding of language. It can mean a way for a machine to interact with the physical world, otherwise known as robotics, right? And so part of why there's a lot of confusion around AI is that it it does mean a number of different things, a lot of different contexts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And people don't categorize it in like daily life. All right, so that's a good segue into what I want to talk about next. So for both of you guys, like, what I'd be interested here is like actual use cases with mm-hmm. practical value in the legal industry using AI, and we'll mm-hmm. start with Joshua this time.
1: So uh, I'll leave um, research to Jake, because okay. that's clearly that his area of expertise. Sense. But what we're seeing with AI in a lot of other use cases is the ability to quickly and easily collate data. Yeah. Um, in legal research, they apply that to case briefs, cases, and things like that. I'll let Jake break that down. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, we're seeing AI use its pattern recognition to actually do preventative legal work. Okay. So what has caused us problems in the past And how do we spot early on that we're going down that same path and avoid it? Uh, And that's being used in a lot of regulatory technology. That makes sense. uh, Mostly by uh, financial corporations, Mm -hmm. uh, but also by seeing um, infrastructure and other really fixed, repetitive action industries. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Jake, let's talk a little bit about research and AI applications there.
2: Absolutely. Research, I think, is a really exciting area for artificial intelligence, not just the stuff that we're working on, but what a lot of folks are. Mm. And the reason for that is a lot of the you know, technologies really lean into what machines actually do better than humans, right? Um, process millions and millions, if not billions, of pages of, of documents and words mm. and bring to you the most relevant stuff first. Gotcha. So some applications of, of AI and research that we don't work on, but I think really, or that we work on peripherally, I think are interesting, but that are used by Westlaw, LexisNexis, Ross Intelligence, and other companies. Could be, for example, ask a question. You know, instead of instead of doing a Boolean search, ask a question, and uh, the machine will try to use natural language processing to understand what is that question really getting at and finding you the right document. In our case, the way that we use artificial intelligence is to make your searches a lot smarter by being able, you know, we have a machine program called Kara, the Case Analysis Research Assistant, where you can literally drag and drop in a brief or, or a complaint or a memo. Uh, we, you know, we've developed a machine process that will understand the contents of that document, mm. the facts, legal issues, jurisdiction, motion at issue, et cetera, and use that to have a much more targeted and on point search. Gotcha, right? that's um, cool.
1: And I've yeah. used it and it's an amazing tool.
2: The best part about doing a job in artificial intelligence, when, when you're not working in the hype BS part of it, but the things that actually deliver <laughs> real results, is when people actually use it. They say, "Wow, this is like magic." You know, how yeah, how yeah. did you possibly yeah. find that? I, I spent hours looking for that thing on Westlaw, <laughs> and you brought it to me in seconds. That 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 is really fulfilling when we're able to help folks do that.
0: All right, that's good. So you have separated the BS from the important stuff in AI. I think, by the way, so, one of the one
2: of the easiest ways to do that. Yes. Yes, yeah, do you have a
0: BS test? For- a BS
2: test, very simple BS test. Good. Does the product have a free trial you can use right now and without any conditions just use it? right? Uh, the companies that are willing to do that and willing to let anybody off the street try their technology, it means two things, that they've developed the interface to be easy enough to use that they don't have to put it between a salesperson, between you and the system. Yeah. Yeah. And and it also means that they're not afraid that the technology is only works in this one little you know, circumstance, that's one of the easiest test for any company is can I try it right now without talking to a salesperson?
0: That's pretty good. Step one, everybody. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about where AI is applied in legal, right? Because I think a lot of small firm attorneys think like, okay, AI is the province of big law and Mm -hmm. we don't touch that stuff. So what do you guys think in terms of the difference between how big law firms and how small law firms use AI? And do you see small law firms starting to adopt AI? And in Absolutely. what ways? And we'll hit Josh first. So Josh.
1: in terms of big law, what's been really interesting is they tend to look at AI as an internal resource. Yeah. So we've got our, our document sources. We've got our hundred years of contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one lawyer actually has any idea what's in there anymore. <laughs> so let's yes. throw an AI at it yeah. and, and try and mine our own data. Uh, And that's been interesting, and it's enabled a lot of really great companies to form, like Kira Systems, for example, Mm -hmm. that service big law. But we're now seeing the other side of that, which is um, AI-focused companies that are serving the everyday lawyer. Uh, And the everyday lawyer doesn't necessarily have the depth of data that needs to be reviewed, but has a breadth of data that needs to be reviewed. Hmm. And it's that different approach that makes it very interesting. And gotcha. that's where CaseTex is coming in with some of their offerings. Right.
2: Yeah, I think that's actually a really good breakdown, which is that big law has their they usually look internally, right? Hmm. For for smaller law firms, they usually look externally to, you know, what, what what kind of data exists outside of uh small you know, smaller law firms they might need to parse very quickly in order to do their jobs well. Yeah. Research is obviously one example, mm-hmm. analytics is another. Yep. But but taking a step back, I think one of the reasons you see smaller law firms really take on legal research uh, and, and other AI applications, is that they're often in a David versus Goliath situation, yeah. right? Where they are going up against a team of big law attorneys who have maybe 10 or 15 people all working against maybe their, their one person to sell the law firm. Yes. And what artificial intelligence can do is automate or make smarter the process that you're doing, making one person feel like, you know, it's five, 10 people. And and that's, I think, yeah. a really important part of it. Is, it's like is, every
0: law firm movie in the world, right? Where, like, there's one guy, and yeah. then the big law firm brings in, like, 20 people with piles of documents. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly,
2: and, and, and this real. I mean, that there's, a, yeah. there's a reason why it's a trope. It really happens.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I think that's a good point, the David versus Goliath thing. So it sounds like you both feel that AI is a way for small firms to level the playing field with big firms. Oh, absolutely. Josh, you agree? on, yeah.
1: like, And because you'll find that, especially in a lot of the the legal specific AI systems, is that they're learning from everybody, not just the individual law firm. And so it gives you this this huge network of learning and experience and knowledge that you can rely upon. Do you want to add anything to that,
2: Jake? Uh, I think think what Josh said is exactly right. And I think another aspect of it uh, as well is that what AI does uh, oftentimes is make applications more affordable, right? AI is not necessarily expensive. I mean, yeah. We, we get to price our products and that product. makes
0: it more viable for exactly. small firms. Exactly.
2: Right. And for you're a business owner of a small law firm. If you're an owner of a small law firm. You're basically a business owner, and you're trying to save money. Um, look to applications that don't rely on h- hardcore human processes, but instead an automated process. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Jake, you actually gave an example um, in our talk of a process that CaseText does to evaluate whether or not a, a case is still valid law. Yeah. And you compared that against one of one of the the traditional competitors. What was the difference?
2: Well, I mean, one of the big differences is that, you know, there are over 10,000 editors mm-hmm. at some of the big, bigger li- research <laughs> providers. Yes. And as a smaller startup, we wouldn't have the resources to take them on in terms of the number yeah. of people to throw out the yeah. problem. So we have to c- come up with smarter and more efficient ways. And one of those ways is in machine learning pattern recognition. And we're happy to say that we have 99.5 plus percent overlap, you know, in terms of predicting whether or not a case is good law as some of the big guys, and we do it with one 1,000th one of the resources.
0: Cool. Guys, this was really great. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. hope everybody listening out there learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we close it down for today, we've got one last question for each of you. Let's start with Jake this time. So mm-hmm. if, if uh, anybody wants to follow up with you or find out more information about what you do and about Casetext, how would they do that?
2: Uh, the best thing to do is go to casetext.com, and from the homepage itself, you can start using our AI application without even starting a trial, but you can always have a 2 week oh, free trial on you case. Yes, yeah, so we passed the we passed our own well, there was BS
0: a reason test. Reason you were talking about <laughs> that. I've got it. Um if you
2: want to reach out to me, uh, we're always looking for ideas and and to share thoughts with people who are interested in this kind of stuff. I am Jake at text.com.
0: Okay, you're not going to give out your home phone. No, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joshua, yes. unless if you if you're listening to this, you probably know about Cleo unless you're living under a rock.
1: Yep. But, <laughs> but if you're interested in learning more about Clio yes. or communicating with me and questions about legal technology, swing by Clio.com. You can email me at Joshua at And I'm always active on Twitter as well. And my Twitter handle is at Joshua Lennon. That's L-E-N-O-N. Yeah, and Joshua is very accessible, I will tell you from
0: past experience, not just with me, but with other lawyers and people in the legal profession. Thanks, guys. This was really great. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, and that's really clever. End of the road, on the road. Well done, guys. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. Joshua Lennon from Clio and Jake Heller from Case Text. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of
1: On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com.